Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recording started. Welcome to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Hal Shirtliff. The show is heard on WBCQ The Planet every Monday and Thursday evening, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Times are subject to change and uh, broadcast on WBCQ, the planet, out of beautiful Monticello, Maine, in uh, Rusta County. You can also hear the show on all kinds of platforms, including Podomatic, Apple, iTunes, and just a whole slew of them. So anyway, uh, the show is brought to you by Camp Constitution, which, among other things, runs a week-long family camp and next year's camp. Sunday, June 17th to Friday, July 22nd at the beautiful Singing Hills Christian Camp and Conference Center in Plainfield, New Hampshire. We also have week, uh, lots of activities year-round, and uh, to learn more about that, and just go to our website, campconstitution.net, and you can um, check out our calendar, check out our shop, uh, our online shop, and the things that we have for sale. Um, and our Sam Blumenfeld archive and all the other great resources we have. And um, since this Christian flag lawsuit, uh, since the Supreme Court agreed to hear our case, uh, we've been receiving lots of media attention. We've been getting media attention right along since the case was initiated way back in 17, uh, in September of 17. But uh, the la- lately uh, we've been getting a lot of uh, interviews, uh, Ed Martin, a radio show, you know, he's with the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, and Liberty Council's uh, TV program interviewed me recently, and many others. So we're uh, just getting a lot of um, a lot of support, a lot of acknowledgement from, uh, from people around the country. And again, visit our website, campconstitution.net. Well, last week, uh, there was a bit of an upset in uh, a couple of states where they had gubernatorial elections, uh, mainly Virginia, where um, Glenn Youngkin, who was a businessman, and I was informed that he was also a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. Now, I don't know that to be a fact. I have to verify that. Uh, And by the way, being a member in itself doesn't necessarily make you a wicked, evil person, but it definitely raises a bit of a flag. but uh, from what I see, he's a devout Christian, a great businessman, loves his uh, state. And when he first threw his hat in the ring, he um, was just playing it, playing it, you know, playing, trying to just, we want lower taxes and that sort of thing. But then uh, he looked at this critical race theory crap that's been pushed, uh, that's being promoted by the enemies of our country. And that is what really, when he came out against that, that really made a big difference. And he won. It was a great upset over the former governor, Terry McAuliffe, the far-left Democrat, and basically a member of the Clinton crime family. He was very close to the Clintons. And that, of course, 
you know, you say, well, that did it, that it really helped him. At one point, it, that that used to be uh, political capital, but today it's probably damaging, even in Democrat circles. Not too many people like the Clintons. Uh, not too many people, well, even Democrats do not like Hillary, and it shows you they didn't really come out to support her when she ran in '16. And I don't think that I don't think that she'll be running anytime soon. Although. They're just like a bad penny, you know. They just keep circulating, you know. They just just leave. Why don't you just get out of the political arena? But they don't. That's just what they do. Um, but also, uh, the lieutenant governor, uh, Winsome Sears, or the lieutenant governor elect, she was a, a, a deputy. I, I guess they call them delegates in uh, Virginia, House of Delegates. Uh, a black woman, conservative. She's actually foreign-born, served in the U.S. Marines, and uh, there's a wonderful picture of her holding an AR, uh, and uh, it just really just, the narrative is that from the left, if you watch CNN and MSNBC and all of the uh, usual suspects of fake news, oh, this is racism, racism, racism. Well, then how come this black woman got elected? Wait a minute now. They're all racist. How come this conservative black woman, she didn't deny her blackness, and, and here she is um, winning lieutenant governor. How, how is that racist? But you see, to the left, if you do not do not uh, tote the line, they're very doctrinaire. You know, they're very uh, they don't like their secular theology being challenged. And if you dare, and if you're black, and you dare question the white leftist establishment fake news, you know, and the folks that run it, then you are an Uncle Tom, you're an Aunt Jemima, you are just all kinds of evil. They go as far as saying that uh, when the gentleman. Um, the talk show host out talk show host out in California who was running for governor during the recall. Wonderful guy, Christian talk show host, very uh, down to earth man, and they were saying he's the black face of white supremacy. Man, how ridiculous can these people get? They are just grasping grasping at straws. So uh, anyway, and not only did they win the lieutenant governor and the governor uh, uh, the house with the offices of governor and lieutenant governor. But they also, I think they regained the House of Delegates. I don't think they got the Senate, but they got the House of Delegates. So it was a big, uh, a big win for the Republicans, but more so because, first off, a lot of the Republicans are part of the problem, as uh, listeners of this show know. But a lot of the, uh, the people vote, vote, voted against the establishment, fake news uh, narrative, the critical race theory. It's interesting how... They deny it, it even exists. First, they're saying that if you oppose it, you're a racist. And then they say, oh, there's no such thing. It doesn't really happen. It's not happening. It's, I said, I'm listening to this, this, oh, I forget her name. She's on um, one of the, I think, MSNBC. And she says, critical race theory, which doesn't exist. Well, how can she talk about something that doesn't exist? It either exists or it doesn't exist. You know, but here she is saying it doesn't exist. But it does exist. But it doesn't exist, you see. They really, they must think the average American is totally stupid. And let's face it, how can you blame them? How can, I can see a Joe Biden, I, I can understand why he would have total contempt for anyone that ever voted for him. You know, he says, he, he, I'm telling you, I'm going to open the borders up. I'm going to destroy energy independence. I'm going to support communist China. I'm going to raise your taxes. I'm going to do all kinds of things to destroy this country, and you still support me? Well, of course I have contempt for you. Why wouldn't he? Anyway, uh, in New Jersey, 
the candidate, uh, the Republican candidate, and I'm, I hope I get his name right, Jack uh, Jack uh, Sedatorelli, he came within, you know, very, very close. And uh, I believe uh, that no doubt there was some chicanery going on here in some of the, one of the counties uh, which, which found some votes, uh, uh, ballots, all of them were mail-in ballots, and every one of them was in favor of the uh, incumbent uh, um, Phil Murphy, who was like a little dictator, you know, basically closed down the state. And in spite of closing down the state and forcing people to wear masks and all those vaccine mandates, his state was a disaster. There were more deaths, I think, in his nursing home through COVID than there was in New York. Um, anyway, it's surprising. My, my wife and I were watching the election results, and she was very angry. And, and she said, well, what, what are you angry about? I said, look, the Republicans are going to win in, in Virginia. And she said, but look at all the people who vote for the other candidate. What is wrong with them? How many? Why are they voting that way? And I think that the average person, isn't a motivated an ideologue, ideologically motivated. They just uh, wet finger test. Uh, they really don't uh, know too much about the issues, and they just vote uh, if they even get themselves down to the down to the uh, the polling the booth to, to cast a vote. Oh yeah, I met Phil. He seemed like a nice guy. He means well. Yeah, the lockdowns were probably not the right thing to do, but hey, he was just doing whatever else was doing. Right, What's well, a big deal? And uh, and that's the sad thing about it. Now, McAuliffe uh, in Virginia, I know he really uh, hurt himself when he said something to the effect that parents shouldn't be involved in their children's education. Now, he means that because then he backpedaled and said, well, I didn't mean that. Well, wait a minute. We heard what you said. It's amazing. They said, well, I didn't really mean what I said. Well, what did you mean? It was pretty clear. There are some times when you can misunderstand somebody. You know, depending on the inflection of the voice or however the case is, or, you know, maybe he said a sentence or, or clause before, uh, and, uh, okay, we missed that. But this one we don't miss. I heard you. You're on stage, and you basically said, let, let, let the experts do it. Our parents don't know any better. And that's the attitude of this, these elitists. They see they think that your, the parent's job is simply to house the children uh, that's it, you know, feed them and clothe them, but it's our job, the state's job, to determine how they think, what they'll think, what their worldview will be, and it's going to be socialist, it's going to be anti-American, it's going to be gender confusion, it's going to promote homosexuality, it's not just hey, be tolerant, be loving of people if you don't, you, know, you don't agree, no, you must embrace this lifestyle, you must embrace the notion of 50 genders, he also must embrace the notion that capitalism is bad, and it's the result, because of capitalism we're all going to be dead in eight years unless we become a total socialist state, uh, passing all kinds of measures, making it impossible to heat your home, to drive a car, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, that's their attitude. And you know, I learned this many, many years ago, through thankfully through my friendship with Sam Blumenfeld, how these educators, how they believe, they want, they want the whole family to revolve the family life to revolve around the government school when you go on vacations when you go to work everything is and they want the children in these schools as early as possible i'm sure if they can get infants in these government schools they would get infants in there just to bring in 
play I don't know play propaganda music you know, as they're, as they're sleeping in their uh, in their beds or what have you. They want to control the family. They want to control the children. And the shame of it is, so many parents have allowed this to happen. Yeah, let the government take. Uh, let drop the kids off at the school. Let them worry about it. I have my. I don't want to deal with it anymore. Those parents are a disgrace. And it's sad that it took critical race theory to awaken a lot of parents. And one of the positive things of COVID was the fact that kids stayed home. They did what they referred to as remote learning. And a few of the parents were saying, hey, is that what they're teaching you? I can't believe it. Well, parents, shame on you. You've been asleep at the switch all these years, several generations, actually. And it takes something like this. You know, when the kids were coming, children were coming home saying, oh, you got to recycle or you're a fascist or America is evil. We don't celebrate Columbus Day anymore. We don't, uh, we're not going to acknowledge Thanksgiving. Oh, Jesus, Jesus was a socialist or if he even existed. We don't celebrate Christmas. That's a stupid holiday. Uh, oh, but we celebrate Earth Day and Juneteenth, which no one even knew about two years ago. All of a sudden, it's a sacred day. Uh, and by the way, nothing wrong with Juneteenth, by the way, but it shouldn't be a national holiday. It should be no more holiday than, let's say, um, uh, the Bunker Hill Day, which is a, a, a holiday in a, a one or two counties in Massachusetts, or the Battle of uh, Patriots Day, which is a holiday in Massachusetts. It shouldn't be a national holiday, but all of a sudden they decided to have a national holiday out of it because of George Floyd. Are you kidding me? Anyway, I'm digressing a little bit here. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, Winsome Sears, uh, Glenn Youngkin in Virginia. And oh, one of the biggest surprises was uh, this gentleman, Ed Durr. He was a truck driver, and he was able to uh, defeat this Steve Sweeney, who is the second most powerful elected official in New Jersey next to Phil Murphy. Oh, by the way, Phil Murphy was a uh, student at uh, Needham High School, Needham, Massachusetts, along with Charlie Baker, who was Massachusetts' Phil Murphy. Baker has an R beside his name, standing for Republican, but he is so far left, uh, it's ridiculous. So it was interesting how... Uh, and we also had... My, General Miley came from Belmont, Massachusetts. So I'm telling you, we, uh, we're plaguing this country. And Matt, the Massachusetts... Uh, Sons and daughters have been plaguing us in this country. Uh, I'm up in, I'm a longtime Massachusetts resident from Boston. Uh, recently moved to New Hampshire, so uh, uh, it's kind of something to be ashamed of. All of these uh, globalist and far leftists that are—it's bad enough that they've destroyed Massachusetts, but they're not content of doing that. They've got a uh, like an octopus in its tentacles, reach out to the other parts of the country and do their damage. Uh, but yeah, so getting back to the parents. The parents, uh, you know, they finally got upset. They said, enough's enough. But uh, when these kids were coming home all these years, you're promoting evolution and socialism and, and sexual perversions, et cetera, et cetera, parents said nothing, kind of went along with it. Or some of them would say, oh, haha, I'll deprogram them when they come home. You're right. The government schools have them for, what, uh, five days a week, six, five and a half to seven hours a day, and you may have a few minutes of quality time with your children. Do you really think, uh, in a week, do you really think that your worldview, if you even have a worldview, 
that means anything is going to prevail over the, t- uh, the, the government schools, and that they haven't got the, gov- the children's minds by high school, then you put them in a state college, and this, they're guaranteed to destroy what's left of their brains. And that's why gov- uh, uh, homeschooling is so important. I, uh, I was at a rally in Massachusetts. It wasn't a rally. It was a, more of a, a, a meeting. And there was a new group that just formed in uh, the North Shore of Boston called ROAR, Restore Our Republic. And there was a lot of people in that room. There was a couple hundred people. And for, I think it was a Tuesday night, that was a good turnout. Tuesday or Wednesday night was a, uh, you know, I think it was, I think it was a Wednesday, a Wednesday, last Wednesday. And I was just so impressed by the people and the parents. And there was one particular mom that came up with two of the ladies and they just had enough, and they started their own homeschool. And the three mothers, and now they've got about, I don't know, five or six different families. And they, and I asked this lady, and maybe I'll have her, as a, have her on as a guest at some point. They haven't been in touch with any homeschool organizations. They just checked out the law, and they said, okay, we, we're, we're doing this. We're not going to go back. And I said, God bless you. Do not even think about going back to these government schools. Because even if you got some of this junk out, the very fact that the teachers are more than happy to teach this stuff tell you something about these teachers and their worldview. You know, there was one, uh, there was this one outstanding lady that I heard from a, a few a few weeks ago in Franklin, Massachusetts. Well, we did a video, by the way, of uh, 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 exposing Horace uh, Mann, who was from Franklin. I uh, go to our YouTube channel, and you can see uh, Reverend Stevie Kraft and I discuss. Horace Mann in front of the statue they placed there a few years ago to honor his uh, memory. Uh, so this lady was able to get, um, there was five, I think it was junior high, and there were five classrooms that were flying a rainbow flag inside the classrooms. And she got them out because she said, okay, well, we're going to bring in the uh, the blue flag, the police flag with the, the it's uh, the black stripes with the blue uh, the blue line. And oh no, they wouldn't. Oh, we can't fly this. We can't fly that. Well, if you can't fly this flag, you can't fly the other ones. So they took them all down. And then, well, it was a success story. But the very fact that some of these teachers would fly this flag in in the classroom uh, speaks volumes. I said, Do you really want these people teaching your student, your children? You know, with that worldview in their minds? I don't know. I so I, I would say no, not at all. For years, I've said I was an advocate of separation of school and state. In fact, there was an organization named Separation of School and State. It's the founder had passed away, but they do have a website, and there are links. The folks who put the website up have their own groups uh, that do the similar similar project or similar mission. And if you want to send your child to a school, would they say that certain lifestyles are just right, fine? You can do that. You should be able to send your child in a free country. It's a school system which you pay for, you set up. But if you want to send your child to a school system that says rights come from God and that the purpose of government is to protect those God-given rights and that there is a God in heaven and that the free market is the best way to go and our Constitution is a wonderful document, then you should be able to send your children to those kinds of schools. They should be privatized and funded by those who support these things. And I'm sure that uh, if we, off the compulsory education laws were repealed, 
people wouldn't stop educating the children. Are you kidding me? Just the opposite. We had true education, not indoctrination. But the uh, now getting back to the election, the uh, left really doubled down. You would think, gee, okay, we were just walloped here, almost lost New Jersey. We were not supposed to even lose New Jersey. And a, a truck driver who spends, well, I've heard from $150, I've heard different, different um, maybe he spent less than 5000 But to unseat the second most powerful elected official in New Jersey, even if it's a few thousand dollars, even 10000 I mean, $10,000 gets you, what, a 1,000 yard signs? <laughs> it gets you one commercial uh, on a, on a 5-watt AM station somewhere? I, I mean, $10,000 doesn't go very far in an election campaign. Now, here in New Hampshire, $10,000 would get you pretty far in an election campaign, but definitely not um, not uh, here in, um, I mean, in New Jersey or Massachusetts or a large state. So uh, what we need to do, though, we can't just rest on our laurels. We just have to keep on exposing these folks. We have to keep on um, getting active. And, you know, like I have a friend of mine that uh, ran for office in Massachusetts. She moved down to South Carolina, and she's running for Congress. But, but the issue is, and I think she'll make a fine member of Congress. People don't know her. You move into a district, and bingo, all of a sudden, I'm running for office. So it's important to get to go out and meet people. Join that local Rotary Club. Join that local Republican group or that, whatever group in there. We have a wonderful group here in, um, in the Alton area called the... Uh, um, Tri-County Republicans that is not uh, affiliated with directly with the Republican Party and made up of people who are strongly conservative and have a great Christian world. And there's, there's a Jewish members there as well, but they have a big a freedom. They believe in God, family, and country. And uh, it's a good group. And then you meet business people. You meet the, the person who owns the business. You meet the pe- person who owns a local newspaper or who writes for the local newspaper, or who uh, is a reporter for the local newspaper. Find out that local radio station. Get to know those folks. You know, just go in as you're you're, you're doing your business around town. Say hello and get to know these folks. And, you know, it's interesting. I was um, driving, picking up some eggs at a local uh, farm near my home. Not really a farm, but it's a house, that place that sell eggs. Um, and the lady saw my van, and she said, are you hell? I said, yeah. I mean, she said, oh, I read your articles. Oh, great. Uh, so it's, it's nice that uh, and that's how you get to know people. That's how you get elected. It isn't always about your stance on the issues, as important as that is, is that they like people like you. They'll come out and support you. And uh, so getting elected, and I think this year's camp, or next year's camp, I think we're going to have a... a a good class or a couple of classes on how to run a campaign. And as uh, as an organization, we can't endorse candidates, but we can teach people, you know, uh, how how to uh, how to run for office and how to get elected because that's where the action is. You know, education is vital. You can get elected, and if you have a bunch of uninformed voters, you'll be out the next. Uh, you'll be uh, you'll be out of office within when your term expires because the voters won't really know. You got there on a the lark. They probably didn't like what was going on, and but you're not going to stay there. Now, Ron Paul, who ran for uh, he was a member of Congress for many years out of Texas. He first ran when he first ran back in the 70s. He said to his wife, "Said to him, what if you win?" He said, "Don't be ridiculous, honey. I'm not going to win. 
I'm just running an educational campaign. Well, he got elected. But the voters turned him, turned him, returned him to office time and time again because they knew where he stood. Well, most of the majority of them anyway. You don't need to get everybody, but you need to get a majority. The other sad thing, too, in an election is that most people don't show up to vote. Registered voters don't come out to vote. You'll get illegal aliens that will vote illegally, of course, uh, or you'll get people voting who don't live in the district or those who moved out. You'll get dead people voting. Uh, in Boston, you know, they made a big deal about this far leftist Michelle Wu, who was the first Asian female mayor. Oh, the whole country's raving about this. Really? People in Boston didn't even bother. Only 28% of the people, the registered voters, came out to vote. And the, the candidate that she was running against was probably a fraction better, but not much better. So why get excited about two, two socialists running for office? So people stayed home. Uh, 28%. You imagine if that rest, uh, you imagine if you had a, a viable candidate that promoted liberty, you think maybe that that 70% that didn't bother voting would have come out and cast a ballot. It's really sad. And, um, uh, especially in town elections. Town elections are often what they call off-year elections. People will come out to vote for the president, but they won't come out to vote for a governor in an off-year election, or they won't come out to vote for the town the town selectman. And when you get your tax bill the following year and it's, it's gone up by 20%, you're to blame because you didn't go out and vote for that candidate that would not erase your taxes. So... Uh, and that candidate that at the selectman level, maybe he or she will run for run for state rep and do a great job at the state capitol. And sometimes that state rep will decide to run for Congress and do a great job at Congress. But if you're not going out there pulling the lever for them or supporting them with a little money, maybe a letter to the editor, maybe a sign on your uh, or a bumper sticker and a sign on uh, on your lawn. Uh, and other ways to promote uh, worthy people. And again, as I said, uh, education is the key, and that's why it's so important to do your best to create an informed electorate, whether that be local or county-wise, state-wise, or what have you. And one of the best ways, I like to think, is to share the information we have available. We have some great resources on our website. We have all kinds of uh, uh, you know, audios and videos and that uh, you can share. We have printed matter. And I think the printed word is still very important. I know it's not as as vital maybe as it was 20 or 30 years ago thanks to the, uh, the, the advent of the Internet and the MP3s and MP4s. And, you know, even on your phone you can get, you, you can get uh, some great information just from your phone, which was unthinkable. <laughs> you imagine back... In the 70s and 80s and even early 90s, uh, using your phone other than to call somebody. Now, I'm picking up my phone and I'm, I'm, I'm getting videos. I'm making videos. I'm documenting things. You know, it, it was just unheard of. But so, so use the technology, not for foolish things like some idiots on TikTok doing stupid things, but use it to advance the mission of educating the American people about the proper role of government, educating them about the problems that we face in our nation and the solutions to the problems. And, and it all boils down to, as my good friend Reverend Stevie Kraft said, it is a spiritual problem. I mean, we can, elections after elections, we can get good people in office 
and then four years later they're out and we're back with and those people that were in office for four years didn't get a whole lot accomplished sometimes they were compromised sometimes they um, you know they tried their best to get certain bills passed but it didn't come through because it wasn't enough of them and sometimes they just lose their nerve you know uh, they were close to getting something done and then they decided like Obamacare being repealed, uh, totally being repealed, not just little aspects of it. Um, <clears throat> but that's uh, that's uh, that's why we need to be vigilant. And um, when we're, when we're vigilant, we're going to have some success. And so um, I just uh, let me just we got a few minutes left. I'll just mention some of the things that we have available on our uh, just as free downloads. You go to our website and there's a thing that says downloads, and you get you have some wonderful uh, books and reprints of different different things uh, dealing with the Constitution, dealing with uh, Agenda 21, dealing with uh, uh, Common Core, and it's all just download it free. We've got a, a one-page flyer on plastic bag bans. Now that's an issue in your community. Bingo! You can take that flyer. You can put your own little group or your own address on there, and you can run out. You can get a couple thousand copies made up or go to the local newspaper and have that put in there as a, as a public service announcement. So there's all kinds of great resources there. We just we, uh, we have the Samuel Blumenfeld Archives, uh, which is a great resource for educators, homeschoolers, uh, journalists. And I want to mention one particular newsletter that Sam Blumenfeld wrote back in June of 1986 and you can access that and we just we just we're in the process of having it reprinted in a little booklet format and it was called uh, eugenics in America and the creation of a black underclass and what prompted me to um, to put this back in print is um, the fact that uh, a friend of ours, Dr. Alicia, is co-authoring a book, and she asked to have it reprinted. So um, that is going to be re, uh, reprinted in the book they're coming out with in the spring, dealing with the Wayne Williams murder case in Atlanta. But uh, this is available uh, on our website, the Sam Blumenfeld Archive. Check it out where it says newsletters, and then download. Uh, it's, uh, I'm pretty sure it's 1986 in June. He came out. He used to do a monthly newsletter. So it goes into the history of the IQ test, who was behind it, the purpose of it, and how the educational system is turning out illiterate people, especially in the in the black communities. I think some things are just timeless, and this is it. And I think it will have a great impact on uh, on people who read it. So we're running out of time. I want to thank you for listening to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Hal Shirtliff. And until next week, may God richly bless you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.